Welcome back to Aliyah Yomi. Today we're going to be learning Kisavai Shishi, the sixth Aliyah in Pasha's Kisavai. And this is the longest Aliyah in the entire Torah. This is the Aliyah of the Klolos, of the curses of Mishnah Torah in Devorim. It is 63 psukim long, running from Perak Chavches, Zion to Samach Tes. Um, the, the, the summary of this Aliyah, we're going to take a look at a very brief summary and then some general points of perspective. So we hear about the Aliyah begins with the ending of the brachos so of if we listen to Hashem, and that's because we are not supposed to begin an Aliyah or end an Aliyah on a down, on a negative point. So we hear about your enemy. If you're listening to Hashem as a continuation of the previous Aliyah, your enemies will run from you in disarray. Hashem will command bracha upon your storehouses, and all of you, you'll be established as a holy nation if you follow the ways of Hashem. All the nations will see that Hashem is called upon you. He'll open up his great storehouse of abundance and rain upon you, Bracha. You will inherit many nations, and you will only be up and not down. This will continue if you follow in his way. So that's really the end of the Brachos. Now for the Klonis. The Menach is to read this in a lower voice, because it is very terrifying and it's very sad to hear. So a very basic summary from Psukim Tezov to Samach Tes. If you don't listen to all the commands that Hashem gives you, then the following curses will come upon you. You'll be cursed in the city and in the field. Your produce and your children, your livestock will all be cursed. You'll be, cur you'll be cursed when you go in and you'll be cursed when you go out. Hashem will send diseases against you until you are destroyed. Hashem will send pestilence against you until he finishes you off in, uh, um, out of the land. The heavens will be like bronze and the grounds will be like iron. The rain will turn into dust. You'll be pursued by your enemies until you flee in disarray. Your corpses will be food for the birds of the heavens, beasts of the earth, and no one will interfere. Hashem will bring back the boils from Egypt and the hemorrhoids and other diseases against you which have no cure. You'll be confused by the situation and blinded. You'll grope around like a blind mind in the dark without anybody to even help you. And you'll be persecuted and taken advantage of without any savior. Women will get engaged and be raped by others. You'll be built houses and others will take them. Your livestock will be slaughtered in front of you and your animals will be stolen by your enemies without the ability to do anything. Your children will be sold into captivity and you'll pine away after them. Your agricultural, which you toiled over, will be given over to others. You'll become mad from witnessing all of this and not being able to do anything to do with it. You'll contract chronic and irreversible diseases. You'll, you and your king will be led into captivity to a nation you never knew and, you, and, you will have to, and you'll be forced to serve pagan deities there. You'll become a parable and a biophrase for other nations. You'll plant lots of seeds and you'll bring in very little because most of it is eaten by the locusts or consumed by diseases. Foreigners will come into your land and take over and you as the, the inhabitants will, will sink to the lowest echelons. He will lend you and you'll not be able to lend. All these curses will, will, be, will, will follow you and pursue you because you did not listen to Hashem. This is because you do not serve Hashem because you had too much. You'll, you, you'll serve your enemies in poverty, nakedness, and la in lacking, and have an iron yoke upon your shoulders. Hashem will bring a nation from afar, which you do not, does not listen to you and uh, does not listen to you know your language. Nation which is brazen and doesn't care for the elderly, nor have pity on the children. He'll eat your livestock and your agriculture. He will besiege you in your cities, and at, the, at that point, you will eat the children in the siege. The most sensitive of you will look badly on the other children he, he leaves behind, who has to share the flesh of the younger children. The most sensitive of all women, who would never even put her foot upon the ground, will now look badly upon her own children and eat the fetus which she produces. This is all if you're not listening to Hashem. Hashem will bring all the diseases mentioned in the Torah and even the ones not mentioned in the Torah upon you. He'll, you will remain small in number because you do not listen to Hashem. Just as Hashem rejoiced over you at the times of good in the past, He will rejoice over you to bring evil. 
to chase you away from the land. He'll spread you among all the nations around the earth. You're even in exile, you won't find comfort and you'll be pursued and you'll be par paranoid. Your lives will dangle in front of you and you'll not believe in your lives. In the morning you'll wish for night and in the night you'll wish for day. Hashem will bring you back to you in Egypt as slaves in boats and uh, to the land where he said he'll never bring you back. You'll be sold and no one will even be interested in buying you. This is the words of the covenant, which Hashem commanded Moshe to make with Israel. So as you can hear, it is a very sad, very painful aliyah to read. And unfortunately, almost every single word has been fulfilled in Jewish history. A few basic questions because our time is not so extensive because of just the summary. Number one is, when will this happen? So the Mepharshim, the, the Midrashim debate this, and each Pasuk actually has a moment in history. So as an example, Pasuk Memtes, Yusar Shavlecha Goymer Achok, Mikseya Oretz. There'll be a, na a, a nation which will come from a very far away land, Kasha Yideh Anasher, as the eagle flies. Goya Sherloi Tishman, a nation which you don't know their language. Rabbeinu Bachaya quotes the Gemara, which says that this is referring to Titus, Titus the Roman king, who came in, who came in. In fact, when he read this verse in the Bible, he identified himself as the eagle, the eagle of the legions of the Romans who had come in, and therefore he continued believing that he was a, 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 the, the messenger of God. Now, it's not always in the same chronological order, and it's not easy to know which specific pasuk applies to which time, but nonetheless, the, the Mephorshim do struggle to apply this to uh, the, the history that, that has been unfolding over the course of the last millennia's um, millennium. Now, how is this different from Parashas Bechukhoisa? Parashas Bechukhoisa, the end of Sefer Vayikra, also has curses. How is this difference? The Kleako points out a few differences. Number one is, in Bechukhoisa, it is actually in the plural. It's to you as a nation. In Parashas Kisavoy, it is in the singular, to you as an individual. Another thing is that in Parashas Bechukhoisa, there are only 49 curses, whereas in this parasha, it is 98. It's double the amount. It's a much longer aliyah. Why is this? So the Kleokra offers two options. One option is, is the first curses were said to Israel as a whole, as a nation. And in order to get the punishment, to warrant the punishment in a parashas b'chukhoesai, then the nation needed to do all these sins. However, at Aravos Moab, in the steps of Moab now, when Bnei Yisrael have just accepted the curses in privacy in the previous aliyah, where Bnei Yisrael are essentially agreeing that they are going to be culpable and their communities are going to be culpable for the sins of individuals, now, when individuals do it, which is why it's in the singular, it'll affect the nation, and therefore it'll be much longer and, and far-reaching ramifications, which is why it's now no longer 49 levels, it's 98 levels. Another option that Cleocra suggests is that in the beginning, the, the, the klolos, the curses given in Parashas Vukhukhaisa, were given at the beginning of the sojourn in the desert. Well, 40 years later, it took them a more perspective, and now they see life a little, and they understand the depth of the Torah. The Torah can be understood in 49 different facets. Well, they, did, they understood a, another depth of 49 facets, which informed them another, another that up to 98 levels. Therefore, because of their understanding of the Torah, therefore their responsibility to that Torah has now deepened over the course of those 40 years. It's interesting to note that the Ramban and the Chida points out another difference between and Kisava, the curses there and here, in that the the curses over in Bechukhoisa were the destruction of the first base of Midash and the ones over here are the second base of Midash, which is why there's no specific ending point to these Klolos as there is in Bechukhoisa. It's much longer and doesn't seem to end in it with a bang as they do in Parshas Bechukhoisa. The Mabim also does make an interesting point. He quotes the Sefer Eretz Chemda, which he says is a, still a manuscript in his time, and he quotes a very beautiful idea where he says that there are two types of suffering. There's suffering, which is to fix a debt of the past, and a person therefore undergoes suffering. 
to clean up the sins of the past, and that's actually a good thing because they, therefore all the suffering a person goes through is meaningful because it's actually achieving something. But there's another type of suffering which is to avoid um, a person sinning. So therefore, this is a dangerous type of suffering in that it's not actually itself a an ends; it's a means. So let's say let's say a king a king has a city which is not paying taxes. He'll send um, an army out to the city and uh, devastate the city and and destroy their social. Structures in that city, not because that's the payment of the taxes, but because they're not paying the taxes. So as long as they don't pay the taxes, they're going to be suffering all the consequences. But those consequences are not paying towards the taxes they're missing paying. So therefore, the Malbim says one is about the future and one is about the past. So he says that when you have a king who needs to, he has a rebellion which is which is coming. Um, and he wants to quell the rebellion, he does so with a very cruel officer first because he wants to stop them sinning in the future. Then afterwards he sends a Rachman, a merciful one, to fix all the back taxes, all the problems of the past which need to be fixed up because he doesn't want to be so punitive on that. He wants to be a little more lenient. Therefore the, the Malim says the curses in Bechukaisa actually were more intense, more stringent, but given by Moshe Rabbeinu, therefore these are the ones fixing the back problems of the, of the past and they are, they are more Rahmani, they are more merciful. That's the way the Malbim looks at these two sections. He also has a separate introduction over here where he makes another suggestion where he says that in medication, when a person is suffering, God forbid, they first try the lesser medications and they try the more intense medications which are poisonous. And those poisonous ones have side effects. So he says that in Pasha's Bechokosa, at the beginning, B'nai Israel went listening and it seems very clear that the first steps were slower medications, easier medications, until finally they needed to use the real poisonous medications, but those medications have side effects. And the Chukhoisai then leads to Kisava, where later on in the bias Shani, it's not about, we'll call it egregious sins like Avodazor Gileras and Shvichus Damim, which are egregious affronts to Akarish Baruch Hu. they're more in the middos and the characteristics. Those are a little more subtle, therefore they don't need the same level of bombastic treatment as we saw in Parshas Bechukhoisai. They are much more subtle um, treatments and they're longer prolonged dealing with the side effects in the middos, which is why the sins identified over here are not huge sins, but they are more subtle sins which take longer to heal without using the more intense medication. That's the way the mama looks at it. Finally, one of the statements in this in this aliyah is that the reason why all this came upon you is you didn't serve Hashem in happiness. So the, this is a, there's all these terrible terrifying curses or because we're not happy so the, obviously there's many other things that it says in Aliyah that is, this is all for but honing in on this Rabbi Akiva Tatz has a very beautiful perspective on this where he says that Simcha is not the end goal it is the byproduct of Avoida the point is not serving Hashem Simcha is a sign that one's serving Hashem if one has a goal in life one's achieving one's goal the byproduct of working towards that goal is Simcha if a person's not working they're not achieving Simcha so Simcha perhaps is a good acid test but it's not the reason to be understood over here which is a very important idea in differentiating if we're not in the pursuit of happiness, we're in the pursuit of service, and happiness is the byproduct. In the meantime, have a wonderful and meaningful day.